Welcome to 7-Minute Torah. I'm Rabbi Micah Streifer. In this podcast, we explore the weekly Torah portion in about 7 to 10 minutes. We make modern meaning out of ancient texts, exploring them through liberal Jewish eyes. To become a supporter of this podcast, please visit patreon.com slash 7-Minute Torah. All right, welcome everybody. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm going to start this week's podcast with a joke. But first, I have two announcements. First of all, I want to say thank you to three supporters, Sandy Sharp, Anne Sharp, and Noah Hall. I'm so grateful to all of them for their support of 7-Minute Torah, as to all of those who choose to support this podcast. Now, all three of them gave not through Patreon, but actually through the La Soak website, which is a reminder that one way to support this podcast is through Patreon.com where you can give an ongoing amount per episode. Another way is to give a one-time donation through Laasok, L-A-A-S-O-K dot org, and just click on support. So thanks to the three of them. Thanks to all of those who support 7-Minute Torah. My second announcement is we just finished up a wonderful six-week study group of the first chapter of Pirkei Avot, which is the Talmud's Tractate of Ethical Rabbinic Teachings um, is great material, makes for great conversation, and we're starting chapter two in the next couple of weeks. On May 8th, I'm beginning a new six-week study group of Pirkei Avot chapter two. Now, even if you didn't do chapter one, you can still jump right in for chapter two. Uh, it's been, as I said, an incredible learning experience, and I invite you to join us. You can go to laasok.org and find out all the details, or shoot me an email at rabbistreifer at gmail.com. And now, as promised, a joke. So, Ben wakes up one Saturday morning in a bad mood. He hides his head under the sheets and calls out, I am not going to shul today. His mother calls from the next room, Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Ben says. I don't think I ever want to go to shul again. The people down there don't appreciate me. They're not very nice to me. I won't go back. Yes, you will, says his mother. You will go today and you'll keep on going. Give me one good reason, Ben cries out. His mother replies, I'll give you two reasons. Number one, you're 45 years old. And number two, you're the rabbi. This joke goes over really well with rabbis, by the way. It's possible that the Jewish people are not the easiest to lead. Now, this week's Torah portion, in some ways, is about leading the Jewish people. Actually, only half of it is about that. The other half, as we're going to see in a moment, is about the Jewish people as a whole. We're reading Achremot Kedoshim. This is a double portion. Achremot is Leviticus 16 through 18, and Kedoshim is Leviticus 19 through 20. And Achremot Kedoshim is, in many ways, the heart of the book of Leviticus. The words Achremot actually mean after the death. Because what we're reading about right now is what happens immediately after the death of Nadav and Avihu, the sons of Aaron, who died while offering strange fire in the temple about two weeks ago during Parshat Shmini. But what Achrimot is really about is Yom Kippur. 
It gives an account of what Yom Kippur, what the Day of Atonement looked like in the ancient temple, which consisted essentially of three pieces of ritual that the high priest would perform, which is to say the high priest would perform animal sacrifices to expiate the sins of the people. The high priest would purge the shrine, that is, to cleanse the temple. And the high priest would perform this very strange ritual where they would put the people's sins onto the head of a goat and then send that goat out into the wilderness to carry the people's transgressions away so that we could all start with a clean slate. By the way, that's the origin of the word scapegoat. Sounds just like Yom Kippur today, right? No, wrong. Of course not. In fact, that sounds nothing like the Yom Kippur as we know it today. Yom Kippur as we know it today has become a day of self-reflection and repentance. And that, in fact, is exactly the point that I want to make here, which is that Judaism shifted. Judaism changed away from what this Torah portion describes, which is an ancient priestly sacrificial set of rituals and towards something that's much more focused on the people as individuals and as a community and on all of our participation in our own atonement. What do we do on Yom Kippur these days? We come together in the synagogue, we fast, we pray, we think about our actions, we try to think about how we can do and be better. And so in a sense, All those rituals are descended from what's described in this week's Torah portion, but the holiday that we know is much more focused on all of us, and it puts responsibilities on all of us. This is a general trend that we see in Judaism. Judaism has generally moved in the last 2,000 years from something much more priestly and much more centralized to the temple in Jerusalem toward something much more decentralized, something where the responsibility for ritual, the responsibility for religious action falls on everybody, not just the high priest, not even just the priestly class. And I think there are two reasons that that shift happened. One of those reasons is that, of course, the temple's not there anymore. In the year 70 CE, the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed, the Jews were exiled around the world, and It's hard to have a religion based around animal sacrifice in the temple when there is no temple and so many Jews live nowhere near Jerusalem. But there's a second reason that I think Judaism changed. I believe that people were looking for something different. They were looking for something that they could own themselves. They were looking for a kind of ritual that would belong to all of us and not be performed on behalf of us. And that brings me to the second portion that we read this week, which is Kedoshim. Now, where Acharemot is much more focused on the high priest and his responsibility, and they were all hymns, of course, Kedoshim is much more about the responsibility that all of us have for living a holy life. In fact, Kedoshim means holy in Hebrew, and it begins with these words. Vaidaber Adonai el Moshe lemor, the Eternal One spoke to Moses, saying, Daber el kol adat bnei Israel, speak to the entire Israelite community, Vamarta alehem kedoshim tihiu, and say to them, You shall be holy, ki kadosh ani Adonai elohechem, for I, your Eternal God, am holy. So the second half of this week's parsha, or the second parsha of this week's double parsha is a command 
to live a holy life, a command to strive for holiness. And as you read through the Parsha, it gives a whole series of ways to do that. Everything from revering your parents, to keeping Shabbat, to leaving the corners of your field to the poor, to dedicating the fruits of your tree for the first few years to God, to loving your neighbor as yourself. So Kiddoshim is really a whole mix of ethical and ritual commandments that are commanded on all of us to teach us how to live a holy life. And I think it's worth looking in a little bit of detail at that very first verse, the one that I read, because there's actually a lot to be learned from it. So first of all, God says to Moses to speak to kol adat b'nei Israel, speak to the entire community of Israel. That's important. Lots of places in the Torah, it just says, speak to the Israelites or speak to the community. But here, the Torah is very careful to have God tell Moses that this is a commandment for everybody, not just the rich, not just the priests, not just the ones that are perceived as living holier lives. We are all capable and we are all responsible to live a holy life. That's point number one. Point number two is that the command given, Kedoshim Tihiyu, is actually in the future or imperfect tense. That is, the Torah doesn't come along and say, you Israelites, you are a holy people. No, it gives a command. It says, you Israelites, you shall be holy. Which, in other words, says, you shall strive to be holy. So this isn't a description of what we are. It's actually a commandment for what we're supposed to strive toward. And in a sense, it tells us that we're actually never really there. We've never really reached the level of holiness where we can sit back and relax and just assume we've done our work. You're never done feeding the poor. You're never done fighting for justice. You're never done loving your neighbor as yourself. These are ongoing, lifelong pursuits, and we always have to strive to live and to be and to act just a little holier than we have been doing. Last point on this, which is the way that you're supposed to go about that, the Torah says, is ki kadosh ani Adonai lohechem. You shall be holy either because or as God is holy. And so in a sense, the actions that we're describing here are godly actions. The Torah has God visiting the sick. The Torah has God creating food. The Torah has God fighting for and caring about justice. So we are also responsible to visit the sick, to feed the hungry, and to fight for justice in the world. Way back in Genesis, it told us that we were all created in God's image. And that doesn't mean that we look like God. What it means in Judaism is that we have the capacity to act in godly ways. Now, we perceive God in a thousand different ways. Some of us believe in a in a supernatural being who is God. Some of us don't at all. Some of us believe in some kind of a power in the universe that makes for meaning. And yet the idea that we can act in a godly way, that we can be holy as God is holy, I think sits at the center of Judaism. No matter what it is that you believe about God, our responsibility is to be God-like. So this Parsha, in a sense, documents a transition from priestly Judaism to popular Judaism, from Judaism that is by sacrifice to Judaism that is by holy action. And it reminds us that we all have a responsibility, an ongoing, never-ending responsibility to be holy and to strive to make this world 
as holy a place as it can be. Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a great week. And before I go, a quick reminder about that Pirke Avot study group that's starting on May 8th. If you want to join us, just shoot me an email or visit laasok.org, and you can find those links in the episode notes. I hope to see you there. 7-Minute Torah is a production of Laasok, Sacred Texts, Modern Meaning. If you enjoy this program, please consider becoming a sponsor at patreon.com slash 7-Minute Torah. For more information about upcoming learning opportunities, go to laasok.org, L-A-A-S-O-K.org. I'm Rabbi Micah Streifer. Thanks for listening.